your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by Alex Johnson, James Boyman, and Ryan Williams. Welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. This is Alex, and today I was joined by James as we hosted a live Twitter space recording to discuss all things of the Everton win over Blackpool in preseason. Uh, We touched on the protest yesterday at Goodison Park to sack the board. And then lastly, we discussed plenty of links, transfer rumors with many different guests. We very much hope you enjoy. Uh, Before we hop in, please, as always, follow all our social media at USA Toffee Pod. You can join our Discord, which is an amazing group of uh, people discussing on the daily all your favorite things Everton Football Club, and that is invite.gg slash ATP. And lastly, all links, in case you need it, can be found at linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. We hope you enjoy the episode. Everton, as you said, got their first win of the preseason. Finally, first goals of the preseason, as a matter of fact. Um, So very exciting in that regard. They're... uh, Obviously, 4-2 away at Blackpool, first away day for uh, the UK Blues out there. We obviously, on the American side, were treated to a couple of uh, quote-unquote away fixtures that yielded uh, less positive results, shall we say. Um, Alex, were you able to catch the full match? And if so, what were your your initial reactions? Yeah, I I was able to catch the full match. I was I was very intrigued by the lineup, not necessarily the shape with the five back. Um, you know, I think I think last time out kind of proved we're probably better off with our personnel in the five back at the at the moment. Um, it was exciting to see the fullbacks kind of combine early and get ahead, and we continued that throughout. Um, you know, I thought I thought Pickford was kind of at fault for the first goal, and and then obviously uh, another corner was our downfall in conceding a second, but a lot of positives to take. It was, it was interesting to see Deli Ali played in like the false nine type of role. And I think that's, um, you know, where he performed best, obviously with, with two goals. And he looked like by the end he was enjoying himself, which is always a positive as well. So um, a lot of good things to take, obviously. Uh, then a lot of the young boys got it, you know, came in for the last 10 minutes or so. Didn't see a whole lot of the ball, um, but it's always good. I think it was a positive day out on the pitch. And uh, finally, finally, some positives we can take from a preseason match. How are you feeling about it, James? Yeah, pretty similarly. I mean, I think we saw some, as you said, some of the best performances thus far of the preseason. I think, you know, seeing uh, our wingbacks, Mikolenko and Patterson, connect on that first goal was really good to see. Um, them growing in confidence. Deli Ali showing, I think, a lot more than he's shown in the previous two games. Uh, you know, obviously, major caveat given the opposition off the back of the the drubbing we took at Minnesota United and then coming in against another team who were actually in preseason as well. So um, to me, I felt very much, I think more so than any individual performances, I was encouraged by um, the style of play, i.e. playing out of the back, really focusing on a possession-oriented um, philosophy that you can see Frank trying to implement. And I think the, the ideas and some of the movement off the ball and the ability to, to move the ball in possession, and, and especially in the first half, I think Blackpool turned around and did a 180 and actually came to play the second half. But the first half, we were pretty dominant. 
um, besides the sloppy goals that we conceded. And you see, I think, what Frank wants to do. And at this point, it, to me, it feels like the ideas are being implemented and he doesn't quite have the personnel to execute what he, what he wants to. Um, but that said, you know, I did think we looked really good in possession. Really like to see the young guys get another run out, but also see um, just the, the players that we have at our disposal now and hopefully put on full display for Kevin Thelwell and uh, the rest of the recruiting staff, the job that needs to be done uh, over the rest of the transfer window so that we can improve. Yeah, you know, and, and to your point about, um, you know, playing out of the back and, and focusing on more possession-based style, we saw a lot of really impressive passes from Tarkovsky today, I think, especially, you know, like the big switch, which the big switch out to Patterson on the right uh, that led to the first goal um, after, you know, or sorry, before the little interchange with Gordon. And, you know, we, we kind of speculated, we heard that he played, you know, a similar style prior to Burnley before, you know, he just kind of um, sat back and, and, and hoofed it like usual. So it's good to see that that's coming to fruition. Um, I'm really, really excited to see him playing, uh, you know, throughout the season because I think he's going to be a huge asset. Yeah, I think, you know, even on the show, we're a little lukewarm on the Tarkowski signing, myself in particular, but... I like what I've seen from him so far. I think he he's certainly an improvement over the likes of Mason Holgate um, and to provide, and even Ben Godfrey, I think, at this point in time in terms of... Um, and Keen. Yeah, and Keen as well. Good good call. Um, so he definitely improves our options there. I think him alongside Yeri Mina could be a very interesting partnership. Both, uh, you know, you go from a Mason Holgate hoofing long balls all last season to all of a sudden Tarkowski putting them on a dime. Um, not that I want us to be playing long balls frequently, but in the right place in the right time. And it seemed like we were really um, not afraid to look to go over the top against Blackpool today. So um, in the right situation, it can be uh, really beneficial to us. Um, I think the the five at the back is from what we can tell, unless we make some dramatic signings that allows us to move to that four, three, three. I think that's, more than likely what we're going to see to open up the season. So good to see the players get a little more comfortable in that system. Um, I thought the ball movement, again, Blackpool, basically was just like a Everton Academy team from five years ago, which was a little blast Accurate. from the past with some names that were appearing up there. Um, nonetheless, hugely important, I think, for the fan base as a whole and for the players to actually see some goals put in the back of the net uh, as we build up and, of course, look ahead to, to Dynamo Kiev um, on Friday before we kick off the season against Chelsea and I guess two weeks from yesterday. So uh, that's all frightening, all, is it not? Yeah. Oh, I'm terrified <laughs> to be honest. Uh, you know, the, the, there's certainly been a air of negativity around the fan base after we get, you know, concede six and score zero over on the trip overseas. But there's plenty of time left for Thelwell to do business. I think people um, forget how frequently Everton tend to leave business late. I thought, I personally was hoping that would change, obviously, with the new director of football, but it doesn't really seem to be. It seems like we're going to really take it down to the wire. Um, and so I'm hoping we can we can figure that out. Yeah, no doubt. You know, the other thing, uh, one of the other players uh, I thought was was had, had a pretty good match today was Rondon. It cannot be understated how much mobile and active he looks uh, he's had like a good, you know, he's had a, a, some good first touches and like interplay. Obviously, he helped Tom Davies get on the on the score sheet uh, second in the 10th minute, which was also a good sign. Uh, it's like rolling back, you know, the last uh, five years or so when he made his debut. Uh, 
not as beautiful as the city goal, but it feels like, you know, he hasn't necessarily reached the same heights. And uh, it was it was good to see him start in, in the middle with Ducore, although, it you know, I, I don't know uh, if Alan has been has been injured or what because he's played, you know, significantly less minutes, I think, than Davies has uh, in recent games. So I'm interested to see what kind of role he has to play. But again, you know, Rondon playing up front looked a lot more mobile, looks, you know, like he's going to be a much better you know, backup option this season than last season. Ideally, he plays a lot less minutes this season as well. And then Delhi in that false nine role seems to give us some options as well. Um, so I think the forward line, you know, we learned a lot of interesting things today about about the forward line. So I had to I had to give my man uh, Solomon Rondon a shout out today as well. Yeah, some, someone else was pointing that out uh, in the Discord saying that he looks much fitter than he did and understandable given he arrived from China kind of late on, didn't have a full preseason. And I still think he has, you know, he offered us something last season, probably more than he ever bargained for given Dominic Calvert-Lewin's injury, who, you know, we haven't mentioned yet, but it was of course allegedly held out news from the club is that it was precautionary, which again, when we're going to rely on him so heavily, I'm all in favor of being cautious in preseason with one of our best uh, and really by far our best striking option, at least as it stands, unless we somehow manage to get Broha in at some point. Um, but yeah, Solomon looked good, looked looked dominant. I mean, he was able to even run in behind a few different times. So I was pleased with that. And overall, I'm pretty pleased with, with the performance again. It's just nice to see Everton finally get their first preseason win and hopefully build some confidence as we go forward. So so let me ask you, who is your... Uh... Who was your standout player from today if you had to pick one? I mean, we talked about it. I think it has to be Tarkowski just because of how well, um, you know, he had a couple slip ups that one moment in the back where he kind of got caught on the ball and conceded possession and, and put us in a dangerous spot. But um, I think the, his ability to spread the ball around, his calmness overall, I was really reassured by. There's a few other players who I was impressed with. Um, again, taking into account the opposition, but I won't, I won't spoil it. I'll leave it to you, Alex. And we'll obviously get some people up here very shortly to uh, talk about the match and maybe we'll get some other names thrown in the hat as well. Yeah, no doubt. Please uh, throw your hand up. Let's get you up here to start chatting, uh, you know, the rest of the match and then maybe some links after that, but um, can't really argue with the Tarkovsky shout. I think, uh, I think I might have to go with Mikalenko today. I thought he was really good. He had a, re- a really solid finish, um, obviously, early on. I think he had an assist later on in the match. Defensively, he was extremely solid. You know, I think uh, Josh Bowler, former Everton man, was was on his side uh, quite a bit, and he seemed, seemed to handle him well. Obviously, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a difference in level, but point is he's looking uh, very fit, very sharp. Um, I like him in the wingback role, kind of like what we've talked about before. And so I'm really excited, you know, and, and obviously a, a, a solid shout out to Patterson. I got to give him a, a shout out because he's had a rough go of it um, in the first uh, two preseason matches. Hasn't quite looked, um, you know, too sharp or fit. But today he was really impressive, um, had a couple of assists. And so I think hopefully both of them will have a very solid season. Obviously, I do think, uh, you know, the the system in which they were both playing wing back was was beneficial for both of them too. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, based on, you know, the type of players we bring in in the summer, what system we end up playing. And, and, you know, it seems like Patterson's going to start on the right-hand side. So, you know, hopefully it all goes well and, and he continues to build into the role because we uh, need it to say the least. 
Yeah, we've actually had some interesting conversations taking place uh, in our Discord, which you should join if you're in the audience and you're not in it, uh, invite.gg slash ATP, talking about potentially uh, Frank may, might be wanting to loan Patterson out for the season. Um, and we obviously we have yet to see Seamus Coleman um, in any of the matches thus far. I would obviously be very concerned if we go into the season, unless we are able to get a kind of temporary solution to bite us time to let Patterson go and play every week. I think a lot of people are, are assuming that he will play every week for Everton. Um, and I, I agree with you, Alex. I think he looked good today, but I'm not sure that I feel super confident in his ability to step in and play 30 plus games in the Premier League starting in that right, maybe in a right wing back slot, but if we eventually shift to a four back, um, I think he looked really good today in someone, I forget who said it, but he really didn't have to do a great deal of defending. He would look good getting forward and swinging in crosses, which I love to see. True. But how's he going to fare in one-on-one situations out wide against some of the best wingers in the world? You know, I think it's a, a, a very different prospect. So I guess I'm just not trying, trying not to get too carried away, um, but I was, I was at, like you very encouraged to see, I think his best minutes in a blue shirt so far. Yeah. So I guess with that, um, again, please raise your hand, hop on up here. If you want to talk, uh, if you want to talk the match, um, otherwise we can, uh, I guess start talking about, um, yesterday's protest at Goodison park. Um, there's, you know, it seems to be unrest among the fan base obviously as we've you know we just kind of brushed over it's it's about two weeks from the start of the campaign we've had very minimal transfer activity we are um, absolutely worse off than we were to finish the season due to the sale of Richarlison and a lot of feel fans feel very uneasy about it Um, a lot of negative reactions to maybe uh, transfer links and details that are coming out throughout the summer you know like uh, Maxwell Cornet and, and, and a loan structure uh, as as the first offer, for example. Um, James, how do you you know how are you feeling about the protests yesterday at Goodison Park? Um, you know, two weeks before the season starts, do you think that they are uh, warranted? Yeah, it's a great question. So, just quickly, Alex, I did send you a, a co-host invite. We do have a couple people uh, trying to get on stage, but I will comment on this quickly, and then we can get. Uh... I think Colton's waiting, so we'll get Colton up here in just a sec. Appreciate your patience. Regarding the protests, um, I know it's been a very hotly contested topic across Twitter, uh, Twitter spaces lately. I think people, you know, regarding the 27 campaign, people want as much transparency as possible. I think there's some debate as to whether the timing of the protest is appropriate. Um, which I think we saw, it's it's very similar. It's almost a continuation of the type of debates that we saw last season when we were in our predicament firing the, uh, following the firing of, of Rafa Benitez. Um, and, and I don't think there's realistically ever any good time to, to protest. And people are saying, well, it's going to affect the players. It's going to affect the mood around the club. And to that, I would just say, I mean, I, I will never begrudge anyone who wants to see Everton amongst the best clubs in England in Europe, because I think it's right in our motto, what the expectations are. And there's no question that we've we're, we're living in the midst of the least successful run in the club's history. And there's people who absolutely should be held accountable for that. Um, and I, I'm glad to see that there's pressure amongst the fan base to, to push for that level of accountability, which we haven't seen from the club organization as a whole. So 
I, I think it's hard because it's become very divisive, but I also am in full support of people who want to see change and accountability for people who have, I mean, I, I don't think it's unfair to say have failed to deliver Everton success for almost 30 years now. Um, and so I, I'm glad to see that pressure being put on and, and hopefully it comes to um, and, and yields the type of results that we're hoping for. And, and I think we saw when Everton was in the U.S., we saw the letter being released, the Farhad Mashiri letter, kind of assuring us that he's not selling the club, which uh, I think a lot of people were very disappointed by, myself included, because I think we kind of saw the end of this very uh, chaotic tenure under Farhad over the last five or so years um, coming to an end and potentially getting uh, new ownership and therefore kind of a clean out at the executive level of the club, fresh set of eyes on everything and, and be a more experienced and well-connected board put in place. So um, I'd love to hear what the general audience's thoughts are on the protest, on the state of Everton as a whole. I know, like I mentioned, we'll get Colton up here to uh, talk about whatever. I know we've touched on a couple different things. Alex, I don't know before we do that, if you wanted to speak on the protest as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with the whole accountability piece. Um, I agree that we're all suffering because of the board's incompetence over the last X amount of years. I think the timing is kind of confusing to me. I, I may be incorrect, but it seems like it's more fueled based on, you know, the feelings towards the lack of activity in the transfer market. I think, um, you know, we all knew what, what, what the situation was coming into the summer uh, the fans and part of the, you know, the, the campaign that have been running, you know, through last season was about, you know, uh, more clear communication through official club channels. So, you know, you mentioned the Farhad Moshiri letter and he, he said specifically in there whether we like it or not. Right. He, he said, you know, judge us at the end of the transfer market. So he, you know, very clearly said that there will be signings. It may not be when we want them to be. And then. You know, I, I understand like the results of preseason, but again, um, you know, we, we are net negative in terms of, of, of our squad strength since the end of last season. So I don't know that I expected us to come out preseason and, and, and absolutely kill it. I also didn't expect us to lose, you know, 4-0 uh, to Minnesota last week either. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I just find it in, interesting in timing, but I can also understand like the, the fact that we're all very nervous for the season to start. You know, we, we are still worse off than we were. Um, it, it doesn't make it any more fun. Yeah. I, I, I mean, in response to that, to me, it feels like the, the movement, I mean, it, it extends all the way back to last season. And I don't know. I think, I think part of the struggle that the movement, the 27 years campaign has had is decoupling the the targets of the protests like everyone i think every evertonian wants to back the team and support the team first team to to the hilt i think the issue is how do you do that while also directing the criticism and accountability at the board level and i think most people who are opposed to it will say well you can't because if you're protesting against the board you're protesting against the club and the players are going to take it a certain way and they'll respond to it negatively and it's going to kind of put this black cloud over Everton season. And I think the response to that is, well, there's never really a great time to do this sort of protest. There's no time like the present. We need to demand accountability as supporters 
and demand change because the way things have been going for some time now, beyond just this season, beyond just last season, but the last two, three decades now, um, things have been headed in the wrong direction and they finally want to um, make that point and really generate some momentum behind those issues that are larger than just who's in the first team, you know, in a preseason match. But I also, you know, I, I see both sides. I'm supportive of, of change at the club. I want what's best for Everton and I want fans to feel connected to the club. Um, and I think that that's critically important for the long-term future. The, the, the reprise from the 27 campaign is you know, the fans become the custodian are the custodians of the club more so than any ownership group and therefore are obligated to, um, seek to influence things when they, when they feel it's going the wrong way. And I think the, a large section of the fan base has felt that way for quite some time. Um, but Alex, uh, if it's okay with you, maybe we start getting some folks on stage to speak uh, about the match, about the protest, Let's whatever. Let's get uh, Colton up here. I know he's thanks for waiting patiently, Colton really appreciate it. Hey, what's up, man? man? Thanks for having me on. And got to tell you, boys, I appreciate you guys keeping me up here. Uh, So I just started a new job in New York. So uh, getting home late at night, driving home 2 3 a.m. in the morning, and I've been listening to the podcast, keeping me awake here on the ride home. So, boys, I appreciate that. Um, But regarding today's match, I got to tell you, Patterson looked really, really good. For me, confidence-wise, it has to be the man of the match for me. Um, Tarkey, I think we're going to get a lot of him this year. And I know, James, you were saying you weren't in love with the signing. When they first got him, I, I thought he was going to be an absolute stud for Everton. And, I th- again, season hasn't started. But so far what we've seen, we've needed someone confident in the back. And Mina's really good. I, I think we all love Mina. The problem is you, you get 10 games out of him, you know, and that's it. So if you have Mina back there with Tarky and Godfrey, I think that's your back three. And you got Mickey on the other side and Patterson as the two wings, I think that's something really, really good. If they can get a few midfield signings, that'd give me a lot of confidence going forward. Um, but I was really excited to see those guys today. I'm telling you, Mikolinko looks like he's starting to get the offensive side down. I think he was really good defensively. He loves running. You saw it last year. The guy plays with a lot of heart. Um, that's what makes me really pumped about him. And seeing, again, a really, really good finish from him, um, it's starting to give me some positive vibes there with um, their wing backs again. I think they got to give Patterson more time. Um, I know we were talking about the Discord earlier with possibly loaning him out. I just saw another uh, Scotland um, page retweeted something that Everton's looking to loan him out. I I, I don't see it happening. Who who are you going to replace? God forbid something happens to Seamus. W- what are you doing then? Well, who are you putting there? You're going to put one of the young kids there? Why not put Patterson in there? So. I think it'd be absolutely silly to loan him out. I know he needs game time, but who says he can't mix them in some of these games during the season? Um, he clearly can put a darn good ball into the box. I, I think it's something they got to actually look forward to. Yeah, no, I got to agree with you. And when, when, you know, when we're playing a back three, I actually liked, you know, the Godfrey, Mina, Tarkovsky, you know, pairing. Um I also the wingbacks as well. We kind of touched on it a little bit, but they they were fantastic. Like going forward today too. Um, and and to your point, I I just don't know how we're going to loan uh, Patterson out unless we we somehow sneak another you know start now right back uh, signing or loan signing. Which I think is going to be difficult, especially with you know all of these other positions that a we're linked with and b we know that we need. Um, but again, you know, if Patterson's not ready and if Frank really feels that that's the case, 
um, which, you know, we, we haven't really seen any f- strong indications that he will be ready, then, you know, y- you may as well at that point, instead of sitting him on the bench and, and not necessarily, you know, planning to play him. It's interesting because, you know, in a pinch, I think uh, we could see, you know, Godfrey or Holgate at a right back in a, in a back four. I don't think anyone really wants to see that, though. You know, we, we, we saw Godfrey. He was kind of explosive at left back uh, a good while ago, uh, specifically under Carlo. But he doesn't really offer anything going forward at all, which, um, you know, is essentially the, the antithesis to, uh, to Pattis- Patterson in, in the fact that he's very much more offensive minded. So it's, it's, it's an interesting conundrum. And I think we also all know that, that Coleman can't play you know, the full season once again, it's, it's been, it's been far too long in which he's been, you know, mainly involved. Yeah. So let me ask this question um, to, to both of you, maybe in, in a worst case scenario, like the worst that you can imagine, what is the maximum number of starts that we would expect to see from Seamus Coleman? Um, For me, it's like, if he's starting more than, 15 matches this season and that might even be high i think we're in in big big trouble um but at this point i know we haven't seen him this preseason i still think you frank going into the premier league campaign is going to have more trust in coleman who he clearly has a lot of affection for than he is going to be throwing a kid like patterson into the deep end to start things off like first match of the season against chelsea do we see patterson will coleman be fit um, so I'd put that to, to both of you and curious to hear your thoughts. Well, for me, for me, I, I kind of have to agree with you, James. Um, if he starts more than 15, I mean, I feel like all last season I was complaining, you know, seeing on Twitter people complaining about Coleman. And again, everything just hasn't replaced him. So it's not his fault that the wheels are starting to fall. He's, he's an older guy. It's kind of what happens. Um, but at the same time, you kind of have to throw Patterson out there. I'm not, I kind of agree with you. Don't want to throw him out to the fire and have him get toasted and it backfires. But at the same time, you kind of have to learn your lessons and things. If you have a back three, you know, again, if Mina stays healthy, I know you're not going to be able to play him every single game because he's eventually going to get hurt. The hamstring is made of glass. It's, it's going to, something's events going to happen with him. But if you can start off the season with Godfrey, Mina, and Tarkowski about there, I think that allows Patterson to get the legs, go forward, knowing he's got a secure back three. Because I think Godfrey's going to be really, really good with the confidence of having Mina, who's a strong-headed guy back there, and clearly Tarkowski. We've seen what he's done back there so far already in the few preseason matches. I think that's going to allow Patterson to be able to go up. Again, make some mistakes. It's going to happen. He's a young lad, um, but the potential's there. Like I- I've watched uh, a few of the games for Scotland, and he looks really, really good. And today, it reminded me of some of those games and the way he's getting the ball in the box. Like it's, it's, it's a darn good ball. I'm just pitching Calvert Lewin on the end of those, you know. So, I think he's got to get thrown out in the fire. And again, clearly, like you said, we're starting off with Chelsea. It's not great, but again, if everything goes well and Mina's healthy going into that first game, Mina, Mina, Tarkowski, Godfrey, I think that's a pretty secure back end there. Um, guys with some confidence, I think that allows Patterson to grow and get some of the kinks out of the way. Just like a rookie with freaking football. You know, you get a rookie quarterback out, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to turn it over. Get him out there. Let him make the mistakes early because what are you going to do? 
You're just gonna sit him on the bench. Then, like once Coleman does get hurt, you have to throw him out there. He's got to get some matches in and get some, get some of the wrinkles out of being a young kid. It's kind of has to happen. That's my thought on it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting thought. I would, you know, James, just to your initial question, I would have said probably about fifteen as well. I think with the current roster, it could be it could be a situation in which we see him more likely play something, you know, start something like twenty games. But, you know, the question I may pose would be, you know, if, if we end up playing a back three at any point in time, you know, Seamus could also very much play right center back as he did, um, you know, sometimes under Carlo, uh, depending. I, I will say, no matter what, though, if Patterson is starting, I, I really need we, – we really need Godfrey on his side of the defense, you know, just simply for the recovery pace to kind of deal with situations that he may find himself in you know, when Patterson is caught further forward. So, you know, it makes sense. I think it, you know, there's some promise to it, but it's not, it's, it doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy inside at all. So I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think generally as, as a fan base, what we were hoping for going into the season was just to have players for like strong first options for every position. And at this point in time, obviously, we're still looking for that six. We're still looking for someone to play on the right wing. Um, and even, you know, we're talking about right back now for 10, 15 minutes or so. So there's still some very clear holes. We're talking about, you know, for the third season now in a row, having to have Mason Holgate or Ben Godfrey deputize at one of the outside back positions, right? That's never going to, to fill anyone with a ton of confidence. Um, and to the question I asked, like the number of matches Coleman starts, well, Okay, so say Coleman only starts 15, and then Patterson is starting, what, the other 18 or so? Um, my math is not correct there. Whatever, the rest of the matches. Um, math on the fly, folks, not my strong suit. Um, if Patterson is starting all of our matches, I would just ask the question, if you took all the right backs in the league, where does Patterson rank? And I think he's most certainly in the, the bottom half, at least right now. I think his potential, his ceiling's very high. But you go through our, our roster right now and you say, okay, well, what, what positions do we have a, a top half first team starter? And there aren't many. And to my initial point that I was talking about with Frank and the ideas he wants to implement in terms of a possession-based style of play, we still very much lack the personnel, I think, to, to have that sort of style be successful over the course of a Premier League campaign. Uh, we saw it against Arsenal, right? I think it was the, the green shoots, I think I said. Of, of the ideas, um, but the players were really struggling to implement it. Now, given enough time, given enough training, practice to implement, I think we can be better at it. But at the end of the day, you just, you just need better players who are more suited to that style. And we did see a little bit of Alon today. He's a player that would, I think, really help our ability in possession. Um, hopefully he remains fit. And I think Tarkowski even to an extent can help with that in the back line because I think he's an upgrade in possession over Michael Keane, if not a huge one. Um, but then you look at the rest, like Tom Davies starting the last couple matches. Is he really going to all of a sudden have a, a renaissance and become a possession uh, midfield extraordinaire? I'm I'm not convinced of that. So um, a lot of work to do. I, I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent there. But point being is, you know, I, I love the optimism around Patterson. I really don't want to poo-poo that too much. But I, I do think people have to be a little more realistic about what we can expect from a kid. If we are going to play this style with a kid, kid who has, you know, less than 25 senior first team appearances under his belt in his career. Yeah. So I guess, I guess with that said, 
do you want to go ahead and transition into uh, the latest in terms of rumors that we have on the books? Yeah, absolutely. And again, anyone in the audience who wants to come up, um, give their thoughts, please feel free to put your hand up and we'll get you in as soon as we can. So, all right. So, so let's start with this one. It's, it's not on our uh, list, but you, you mentioned him earlier and it's, it's, it's uh, a bit of a speculation, but we know that Everton were, you know, officially interested in Broha from Chelsea, the young uh, striker. Yet it ended up progressing. You know, it looked like West Ham were very much going to secure him. And now, lo and behold, it looks like West Ham are, are very, very close to Skamaka from Serie A, which uh, essentially people think means, you know, Broha is, is clearly not going to go to West Ham. So it's not been, um, you know, an official an official statement in the last week or so about him in regards to Everton. But it seems like it may be back on the table. I think uh, I can speak for a lot of people in saying that that would be pretty exciting, although the fee that was being thrown around for Broha was uh, quite excessive in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think the key with all of these deals and what's really the holdup is obviously the financial side of things. Does Broha give us more options attacking and improve our front line? Yeah, I think he's a solid player. Um, are Chelsea going to play ball, or are they going to wait for someone to potentially overpay? Uh, I think Frank's connection, of course, with Chelsea is a big reason, no doubt, why we're being linked with like every Chelsea youth player slash player on the cusp of breaking into their first team under the sun. But that's not the bad thing. Chelsea has one of the best academies in the country, and certainly have let some very good prospects slip through the cracks over the years. Um, yeah, I, I just think with Broha, we've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Where does he fit exactly in the team? Um, he seems a little bit more limited in terms of versatility. If you're looking for a direct Richarlison replacement, I think he, he brings some similar attributes to his play, but maybe not as versatile. Um, no question we need more more quality and attack. I mean, we saw today the first goals we've scored in the preseason, and we looked pretty toothless against um, Arsenal, certainly a little less so against Minnesota United, though we did let some golden chances slip that should have been put in the back of the net. So I'm all for the attacking, improving the attacking third of the pitch in terms of our options. Um, am I thrilled that we could spend upwards or close to $30 million? Um, basically all of the it's hard to say without knowing that the amount of money we have to spend, but again, I'm a little hesitant um, on the deal just based on the numbers that we see floating around and knowing that Chelsea aren't always the easiest uh, to do business with. Yeah, I got to agree with you. And, and I think, I think, you know, 30, 30 plus mil is, is very hard to do when we also have so many other positions to fill. Right. Um, I, I don't see any way in which that, that deal happens unless we structure most of the payment um, towards the back end of the, of the, the contract years, which um, you know, I know that there have been very solid reports stating that that's essentially what we're trying to do with a lot of the deals. Um, and, and I think that's why it's taking so long for us to progress uh, this summer because we, we really are in a, in a pickle financially um, in how we can even structure deals because it's not as simple as just taking the fee and, and counting it. Um, and, and a lot of clubs know that too. So, so that's the problem and, and, and money talks now. So, you know, you've got the likes of Nottingham Forest bidding for 
or, or have a very, very solid interest in a lot of the players, um, kind of like uh, Maxwell Cornet, that we have, you know, definitely some sort of saga going on with him. Uh, so it is, it is worrying. So, yeah, I'm sitting here listening to you guys, and all your points are correct, and I'm not overpaying. And um, we go back to Farhad's message um, a month or two ago when he said we, mistakes were made. And Everton fans are out here overreacting because they're not signing people. They don't have the money to go out and throw around. But, like, we're complaining about not bringing the signings. I agree. Like, they need to fix the team. Like, I, and I think everyone's agreeing here that they knew, need to bring in some pieces. But what was our issue going? And why are we in the situation we are right now in uh, financial fair play? We're overpaying for people. We're losing money because we're overpaying for guys that are not good. We're not up in the top six recouping the money that you're spending and getting it back and playing in the Champions League, Europa League, and all that stuff. So you got Kevin in here trying to do business with not much money, and it, it, we're kind of complaining, and I find it kind of funny because we're complaining that we're not r- throwing around money out here trying to get these guys in. I agree, like, I'm agreeing that we need to b- bring people in here, but to overreact and start throwing money out just to get the guy in has kind of been the issue. If Everton has... Um, like you're saying what Morgan gives white. If Everton has a price tag, they think on him and wolves again, that's, that's kind of what we kind of complained about with Ritaro. Like we valued him higher than 60 million pounds and it, it is what it is. They had to sell him. So be it. If wolves value him higher and Everton don't again, I want him in, but if it's going to cost 35 um, million pounds, it's kind of, you got to be smart with your money here. You can't just go throwing it around just to bring someone in. Because then what if he doesn't work and it's like our, our evaluation was correct on him, we spent a little, a little too much, then you're back in the same situation that they've dug their hole in and where they are at. So they kind of have to be strong with their money. It, again, you know, if it takes some time to get the right dollar on certain players, whatever. It, trust me, I want them in just like the rest of everyone here. But we're in the situation we are because we've wasted so much money on players that haven't worked out. So just to throw money at guys just to get them in because you need them in, it could all of a sudden do the same thing and back us up even more. So, again, guys like Brogia that we're looking at. Again, young player. Looks like he has potential to be really good. But is a striker really kind of like what – again, I agree with you, James, and I agree with you, Alex. We need more presence in the attacking side of it. I mean, saw how many missed goals we had against Minnesota. But the same token, we, we need some midfield players. You know, it, it's just I, I don't want to go throwing – money extra money that we don't need to be throwing at certain positions um and backing ourselves up even more again brozier love to have him in but it's just you gotta be smart with the money here i think that's kind of where we've been and why we're in the financial issue that we are in because we've spent money on guys that we've overpaid for i think kevin and frank doing their due diligence on players is great to see and i think everton fans need to relax on that because it's funny we say all right, we need to start with our money, but then it's all of a sudden bring guys in and it's like we're rushing it. Like, I get it. We need people in. I 1,000% agree with people on that, but I think we got to take our time and make sure we're doing the correct business, not overpaying because we don't have the funds just to like, all right, cool. If we had the funds and it was just a few million extra or whatever to get the guy that you want, absolutely, I agree, go get him. That's just how the business works. But we're not in that business to throw money around because we don't have it. So we kind of have to be smart with our money here. And that's kind of my thought on it going back to um, even like the protests and everything like he just brought out a letter a month or two ago. He said, judgment at the end of the window. 
and we're already protesting. We brought in Frank. Like these guys haven't had a full summer to do things and do their business. So I think we got to give these guys time. And again, I I agree with you, James. See, these I don't want to hinder anyone else from trying to get the club better. I, I agree with that, but the mess was just out. Farhad admitted that mistakes were made. Pretty much sounds like the same thing that we're in, the financial issue. We've overspent on players that we shouldn't have. Kevin's taking his time, doing his due diligence. I get we want people in. I agree on that. But I think we got to pump the brakes and let these guys do their jobs here that they're brought in to do. I don't know if that's a little too much on my end, boys, but that's just my thoughts on it. Yeah, no, Colton, I think I think you um, spoke really well there in terms of, in particular, the point that I agree, I think, most with is, are we really about to splash $30 million on a striker when we have Dominic Calvert-Lewin and we have other desperate desperately needed areas of the pitch to improve in. So um, we have Dolph Salone uh, waiting to come up. Let's get him in and see if uh, he has anything to add on the Broha rumors or uh, just the transfer strategy in general. Hello. I'd, I'd like to, to disagree with Colton there. Um, yeah, uh, Frank and Kevin are, are doing what they, uh, they are, but the board has failed. The board has failed for 27, almost 28 years now. What what have we what have we done? We've done nothing, nothing. Yes, Mashiri came in and he spunked cash left and right. And where did it get us? Nowhere, nowhere. Um, what happened this during this off season and preseason? We sold. Our best player. That's happened many a time. That's our track record. We've sold our best player just to stay afloat. This is this is. I love our club, but it's being run so poorly. If I if I was a business owner, and I ran a business the way this club's been run, it'd be be over. It'd be bankrupt. There's no way that we shouldn't ask more for our club. They ask from us to give them 100%, and we do every Saturday, Sunday, Friday night, those matches, and then the the FA Cup and the the Community Shield stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm just done with sitting by and and saying, well, Everton tried. We tried. That's that's not us as a club saying we we tried. We did our best. Uh, no. We didn't do our best. We haven't done our best in many a year. And I'm uh, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Um today uh, watching versus Blackpool it there were signs and, and moments that I saw a team could compete in the Premier League, but I'm scared for our club. It, uh, I'm really scared because I don't think I don't. I'm going to put everything I can behind them and support them every way I can, but I don't. I don't see us like anywhere, anywhere, even near mid table this year. It it sucks unless we bring in like two or three players right now. We're not going to finish anywhere near mid table. 
again, I'm not disagreeing with you with the way the board is and all that. I'm not disagreeing with you. It, it, the, things need to change. And I'm not, again, I agree with you on that. But we got Kevin in, Frank in. Two new guys seem to have their crap together, understanding the club. I think they need to be given some time to do their thing. But I don't disagree with you with the rest of the board, Dolph. I, I don't disagree with you on that um, at all. But, boys, I know you probably got a bunch of people waiting to jump in. So, guys, I appreciate um, you allowing me to come up here and speak and uh, up to talk these boys. Another one uh, related to Wolves, as, as Colton started to bring up a, a bit. And this is from, for, from Fabrizio Romano himself. And that is that Everton are very interested in Leander Dendonker, the central midfielder from Wolves. Um, we're not, I haven't seen uh, any, any prices floating around or, or whether or not that would be a, a loan or a permanent deal. However, I, I've got to say I'm, I'm whelmed on that one. How are you feeling, James? Yeah, well, I'd say in contrast to the Broha rumors, it's at the very least a, a position of need for us. There's no question about our desire to improve in midfield. Um, I think the most common criticism I've seen over the last few weeks, and one that I agree with and have a lot of sympathy for, is that we bring in a new director of football, we have this new recruiting team, or that's in a lot of ways, still being built out, to be fair to them. Um, and yet we're still being linked to the same sort of, not profile, but the same players in the same sort of career situation, i.e. fellow Premier League players, maybe. Uh, I think in the case of Den Donker, played quite a bit for Wolves, but player, other players who aren't even able to get into their own first teams and we're looking to... to uh, steal them from their club uh, thinking of you know again with wolves morgan gibbs white another thing is we we bring in kevin and frank and we're being linked with everyone under the sun from wolves and chelsea respectively um so i think <laughs> the frustration is i think the lack of uh, originality that we've seen but, for some but, time in our transfer policy i'm sorry to interrupt but we were linked with uh den donker whenever he signed with wolves and you're right, we, we get linked with uh, pretty much uh, every player that, that's coming to the Premier League. I think we're used as a, a club like, oh, there's interest from Everton. There's interest from Everton. And it's, it's, I think it's part of it is the, uh, the agents out there throwing Everton out because, hey, we, we can always use, to, use players to improve and – they know that in the past few years, our owner, Mashiri, has just thrown money, thrown money, thrown money at players. Um, I think I think that's something true to what you're saying that that we need to be cautious and aware of as any rumor coming out about us being linked with any player. Because we were linked with uh, Zinchenko very early in this window, and he ended up at Arsenal. I mean, we are the whipping boys of, hey, they're linked with, with Everton. So drive the price up, or it drives the price up for us. And, and that's, that's sad, because how are we going to get better players um, unless we look abroad, and that's the thing, we're not we're not shopping abroad for the most part. Uh, Mikolinko, um, 
is the rare exception now. Um, we need that. We need that in our club. We need to have that open mind. And I hope uh, Thelwell is doing that. I hope he is. And I do believe Frank is open to that. Um, the biggest holdback is the board. Whether whether or not they're actually going to support the team. We don't have much money to be able to invest. So it's got to be spent wisely. That's why I'd look abroad outside the Premier League or into the lower leagues because there are good players. There are good players in the championship. There are good players in League One. And everybody wants to crap on them and, and go, oh, they came from the championship. They came from League One. Oh, they came from uh, uh, Germany. Guess what? There are there are good players there. There are good players. And we, we as a team, especially right now, our club can't turn their noses up at those type of players because they've got the hunger, they've got the desire, and they've got, they've got the nothing but the best will do in their attitude. And that's what we need. Sorry to interrupt for so long. No, no, it's it's okay. I think uh, s- some good thoughts there, and I think one of the things that I struggle with uh, every six months or so, every transfer window, whether it be in the summer or in January, is the validity of uh, of transfer rumors and how much is, to your point, Dolph, uh, speculation, agents planting seeds with various media outlets, so on and so forth. Um, but this, the the Den Donker thing, comes from Fabrizio Romano, so. Um, one of the few bastions of truth in this swamp of transfer rumor lies. So I think there's at least some element of truth to it. If Fabrizio is reporting on it, um, I fully agree that we need to be shopping abroad, that we need to be looking, you know, the other thing on Den Donker is that he's 27 years old or soon to be 27 years old. And so not again, not old per se, but a player who, if you sign has, limited resale potential and in Everton's financial position that needs to be one of the first priorities I mean one is he an improvement on our current players current options I think he certainly adds some different attributes and something that we maybe are lacking right now in a true defensive midfielder but can play uh, across the midfield but also have to take a forward-looking view on these sorts of things is he going to be a player who we can turn a profit on probably not Uh, it's highly unlikely and so for me, that that makes it almost a non-starter in a lot of cases. We made the Tarkowski signing again with that sort of logic that he improves the first team, but limited resale value. Um, it just, to me, in a lot of ways, feels like, again, the persistent issue for Everton has been the short-term thinking um, and not thinking ahead. And I know there has to be some of that, given we just barely escaped relegation and we don't want to be in that position again. But as much as possible, I would like to see some of the rumors that are coming out and the signings we eventually make reflect us taking a bit of a more long-form view on our transfer policy and the direction of the club over the next three to five years versus the next six to 12 months. While Ryan's trying to connect, it seems, uh, Sean, any thoughts on either Broha or Dendonker? Yeah, you know, Broha, I think, uh, I don't want to, kind of regurgitate information, but it, it would make no sense as uh, an outright sale, right? The only way Broha would make sense is that 
you know, you kind of get closer to the end of the window and Chelsea are kind of wanting to get him out. I, the only way, in my opinion, the club should take him would be on a loan. Um, and I feel like depending on kind of where his interest level is uh, in regards to uh, as the window goes on, that that could be a possibility. I, I think that's kind of where my hope is with somewhere like Con- Connor Gallagher, right? Um, is that let's just say if, if, if he finds that he's not going to play uh, and Tuchel, uh, Tuchel basically, you know, few games go by and Gallagher's not getting minutes, does it make sense to loan him and, and, and could we be a candidate, right? So I think I think when it comes to our transfer business, I, I respect kind of everyone's opinions on this because I think there's a complete right to be frustrated right now in the lack of activity. Um, I do think it's a lot more complicated than, than we all know, um, given, you know, the, the way uh, our finances are and I think the frustration and uh, with the board is is sound and, and the protests, you know, as optimistic as I always am, I, I think protests are good and, and making sure that, um, you know, we, we, we continue to express, you know, just because Farhad sends an email to our inbox doesn't mean that, you know, things are going to be fixed. Right. Um, but where I, where my kind of mindset is and is really trying to understand because uh, there are still some interesting free agents out there. John is um you know, obviously uh, people know him well from his Man U days and uh, he could be an interesting guy on a free uh, looking at a, a right winger uh, that could potentially help us there uh, as well as Grealish, uh, Florian Grealish. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he's the perfect fit, but I, I do wonder, you know, and, and I do kind of hope that, you know, as restricted as our finances are, obviously we've signed Tarkowski on a free. I, I do hope we're looking at some of those options and I just saw, I know he doesn't really fit the age profile, but I think it's actually a pretty decent signing by Fulham. Kevin Mbabu, he's the right back from Wolfsburg. He signed for about $6 million, um, uh from Wolfsburg. And so, you know, Marco in one window already gets a right back. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, we're still looking one for four or five years. Um, so I, I just think that there are options out there. I, I do think we're going to need to be patient, right, uh, in just because – uh, but I also do think that so many of these Wolves and, and, and Chelsea players uh, that, are, that are being linked to us, I think some of it is, is lazy journalism, to be honest. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not as worried. I just hope that, um, you know, of course, being a big Red Wolves fan, I have a lot of faith in, in Thelwell because I think he's a smart guy and knows how to look kind of across, uh, across the world for talent. Um, but I also think that somebody like Onana could kind of, kind of come back into play as well. Uh, as, as a player that, that we register interest in. So I, I'm not too worried, but um, to kind of answer your question about Broha, I think it would be alone and then Docker, I just don't think makes sense. So. Alex, you have any, uh, any thoughts on the, I know you, I think you spoke on it a little bit, but anything in response to what Sean said? No, I mean, all good points. I I actually thought I thought the same thing when I saw Mbavu go to uh, Fulham. You know, he I, I wouldn't necessarily say he would be like a, you know, a long term, long term solution. But he definitely looks like a player that at that sort of at that sort of price would be good value. And and, you know, that that could have been, you know, that could have been the guy that maybe, you know, splits time with Coleman while Patterson goes on loan, for example. Um, you know, m- maybe not the the best option ever, but definitely someone that could possibly have done a job. So it's those sorts of deals that we're going to have to be looking for, but genuinely speaking, like across, you know, across, across the team. And 
you know, Den Donker. I mean, I mean, we need midfielders to, to, to kind of balance out our play. There are different attributes we're looking for. I think, you know, guys that, well, you know, Frank has said themselves, guys that can play through the lines, but really we, we know we need some guys that can play out of the press consistently, you know, can show for the ball, you know, are mobile enough because we really don't have, um, you know, enough mobile midfield players. So um, he, and, and then Frank has also himself mentioned specifically someone that uh, in midfield that is, uh, defensive has has defensive positioning um, as like a main attribute. So uh, I don't know that that really suits Dendonker as well. Um, I don't think he's necessarily very strong defensively either. Well said. Uh, shall we move on to the next rumor on our list? We got a couple more to get through, and then we can uh, move towards wrapping it up here. Yeah, so we have, uh, you know, one we've kind of brushed on, um, brushed over a bit is uh, Maxwell Cornet from Burnley. We know that Everton have uh, extremely solid interest in him. It's been reported that our first offer was a loan bid for him, which was rejected. Um, it, it's also uh, been highly publicized that Nottingham Forest are very interested in him and I think either have or plan to at least submit some sort of bid. Um, the next thing that was maybe rumored, I'm not sure how, how concrete this, this part of the, the detail was that, you know, the, the second offer that we are looking to make would be something like five mil this year and, and the rest um, in follow on years for, for the fee itself. So we may end up paying, let's say higher than the, uh, his release clause of 17.5, but we would be able to delay most of the payment for financial fair play issues. Um, you know, I, I think uh, from my perspective, he's a signing. I, I think I've warmed to the idea of, 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 of us signing him. I think that he would improve the team pretty well and offer us um, some other options. I know he's played on the right-hand side um, a couple years ago and, and had decent success there. But I, I'm just hoping that we can kind of get the deal over the line. How are uh, you feeling about it, Sean? He's he's an he's an interesting player. I uh, I think to you to your point, Alex. Like if you told me at the beginning of the window, like hey, that's the guy we should go for. I'd, it's not it's not against the player, uh, but it's just more of just hey, we we want to go younger and we kind of want to go uh, to somebody that might fit uh, the exact uh, positional profile. But I think Cornet would help us improve the side. Um, you know, he's played left back. He, he could probably play right wing. Um, I think it's kind of one of those that uh, players that if you put with guys like a Wobi DCL, right, he, he's going to help us. He's definitely not going to hurt us. He's, he's very skillful. He's, he's a little bit wasteful in my opinion, but at the end of the day, I mean, what <laughs> so many of our players are right. So um, I, uh, I, I think it would be a good move. I just, I don't want to overpay for him. Uh, and so if it ends up having to kind of be a five fifteen deal, uh, all right, fine, I guess. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to be in a world where you could just pay his release clause in one go. But uh, of course, you know, as you've touched on Alex, our financial issues, uh, you know, kind of impede that. Um, but I think, I think he'd be uh, a fine signing. Uh, I don't think he'd be a great one, but I do think he would help us improve the squad for sure. Yeah, I have to agree with pretty much everything Sean said. I mean, Chorus's primary position is left wing, which is one of the few positions we actually don't really need any signings, but also has demonstrated a level of versatility that I think we could 
definitely utilize in the side. And when I first heard this, the rumor similar to Sean, I had the same knee jerk kind of, here we go signing, you know, the relegation relegated sides, uh, scraps, but Cornet is a quality player. And I think he really helped Burnley, um, even though they ultimately weren't able to escape relegation, really uh, helped them down the stretch to make it certainly more of a contest than it looked towards the middle of the year. Um, it, it, it uh, we, we just say it over and over again, it all comes back to the finances were constrained. Um, and we are, I think, not in the driver's seat in terms of negotiations with a lot of these deals because other clubs know, A, the level of desperation or position that we're in in terms of uh, needing to improve the side, are also aware of our financial constraints, but maybe uh, looking to force our hand in certain respects in terms of you know, meeting their valuation rather than being patient and uh, waiting for our deal. So it seems like right now the, the issue is we're really having trouble getting these deals over the line. It's clear kind of the some of the targets that have emerged, but getting them to sign on the dotted line and getting it across based on the terms we were willing to agree to um, is, is proving to be a stopping block. So it's not like the team, of course, is not doing anything, but uh, getting stuff finalized is is proving difficult and and it tends to i mean there's a reason that deadline day is often so busy because clubs want to uh let teams stew on certain moves and force their hand as time window gets clo- tighter and tighter and more constrained so um Cornet, back to it I-, I think he agree with both of you he improves our team he'd be uh, another option for frank i think he probably starts or steps right in almost immediately to our first team and, and offers some creativity in the final third, which we're sorely lacking at the moment. Take us home to our last link. Uh, again, not breaking a ton of ground here, but a player who many speculated Frank would be interested in uh, almost immediately after he arrived and certainly in his first summer. Yeah, this is a, this is a player that we personally a couple years ago uh, watched um, play the Toffees out of Stamford Bridge from the center of the park. Um, and that is, you know, and, and I think a lot of people thought that maybe while A, it could make sense, you know, it was just one of those, you know, classic Chelsea links because Frank is here. Um, however, in uh, this week, uh, Paul Joyce reported that um, Frank absolutely has been given the, in quotes, green light to try and sign Billy Gilmore on loan from Chelsea. Uh, you know, he... Struggled a bit last season in a, a terrible Norwich side. A lot of people would say maybe that's not indicative of what he can do and would say, you know, check out his his year prior at Chelsea, in which we know kind of how that went. It was a, it was a, a very, very solid uh, showing from him. So I, uh, I think it would be a really good option to have, or he would be a really good option to have, um, especially on loan. I don't think I would really complain about it at all. I'm skeptical to know, you know, depending on, you know, maybe if we can sign a six, because hopefully that's definitely going to come, then, you know, he could possibly play a bit better than maybe what our current balance in midfield would suggest. Um, How are any of you, I'll open up the floor, anybody feeling about Gilmore on loan? I think he's probably our most realistic rumor slash loan signing, right? Uh, just because, to your point, Alex, uh, the success, um, you know, Frank knows the player really well. Uh, he's, a, he's a talented guy, no doubt, but the only worry about him is he doesn't really 
fix any specific need in the squad. He would kind of just be another midfield player that um, more than anything would kind of just be depth. Um, I don't see him starting, uh, but it kind of depends on what formation we play. Maybe he does. Um, not, not the strongest guy out there. Um, and so you kind of worry in, in terms of, let's just say a, a more physical team that we play, uh, would he kind of be taken aback? But I definitely think is a specific loan that he would be good um, to, to, to have just because he is a good midfield player. I think he's, he's much better than Tom Davis. Um, and so uh, I think it would be, if we can't get Gallagher and we can't, let's just say, so maybe there's other loan options. I think he's definitely someone to, to have. Um, but yeah, I, I would also say he's definitely the most realistic rumor that I believe in regards to us um, getting him and Chelsea wanting to give them to us. So on loan. Yep, I'm, I'm in the exact same boat. I think, again, a player who improves our depth, improves our options in midfield, certainly in possession, he can be a really useful player for us. In terms of his you know, size and physicality, I do have some concerns. Uh, if he were to slot in at potentially that sixth position at any point, uh, could certainly help us move the ball and, and progress the ball specifically. But uh, at what, five foot six approximately. Uh, he's certainly not going to be bullying many players off the ball. We'll have to rely on his positional awareness and anticipation and uh, reading of the game, which with young players, oftentimes that's a little bit of a struggle, though I think Gilmore does does that all right. Um, so like any player, there's concerns. I think we're certainly, we, we need to use as many of our loans as possible given the financial constraints. And Gilmore, I feel pretty comfortable taking him on loan as one of those options. Much better than Ross Barkley. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even add him to the list. Thank I, you. I have been flabbergasted at some of these Twitter polls that have been running in regards to whether or not fans would take Ross Barkley. I don't know how we got so far in the mud, but it is just depressing to see. I, I genuinely hope we do not take him back. Truly indicative of how desperate we are as a fan base that we're even entertaining the idea of welcoming him back. Not not just because of the way he left, which was unforgivable, I think, in a lot of ways, but just the complete lack of progression as a player he's shown since. If he had gone on and done really well elsewhere, I'd be like, okay, but pretty much complete flop at Chelsea. Didn't offer Villa a great deal. And seems to be kind of meandering and, you know, rumors are that he wants to come back. Well, yeah, obviously he wants to come back because he's pretty much stunk, stunk it up everywhere else he's been and is looking for another opportunity in the Premier League. I think he would take whatever he can get at this point. Um, and it's sad because, again, I, I've said this so many times on the pod, but he was like one of my favorite Everton players as he was coming up through the ranks and really liked what he brought to the team. But any potential positive attributes we saw from Ross in terms of progressing the ball, driving it forward with the ball at his feet. I've been absent from his game for so long now that it really makes me question like what people think he brings to the side. And what I see often is, well, he's better than what we have in there now. And he really just is not uh, based on any, uh, based on the evidence we have uh, of his recent seasons in the Premier League. Well, James, that was our uh, 
last rumor. So I guess we can go ahead and wrap it up with any last thoughts that someone may want to add. I think we just have to be patient, unfortunately. I know we've heard it so many times, but I think this summer especially, just there, there's just been so so much mystery in regards to what we can spend versus what we can't. Um, I just I don't think we should cause this uh, existential dread cloud so early on, you know, after a few preseason losses. And, and of course, you know, winning today, uh, that's great. But let's, let's, let's get through a few games before, you know, uh, the, the relegation uh, shouts happen again. So. Oh, you know, you know, as well as I do, Sean, that if uh, we lose three nil to Chelsea, first match of the season this is going to be a really unpleasant uh scene oh, yeah. all over the boards and twitter and whatnot just, um, but just I, watch the ross barkley polls start to go yes rather than no uh right after that and on that note folks i think that will do it for us on this space thank you to everyone who listened live if you're listening uh, on the podcast we appreciate you as well uh just a reminder to Follow us on social media. You can tap the American Toffee Podcast uh, logo in the space or find us at USA Toffee Pod. Uh, all of our links to the pod and social media are at linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod, uh, also in our bio on socials. Um, and remember to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can find it on wherever you get your podcast and join our Discord if you haven't already as well, invite.gg slash ATP. Thanks again. Appreciate you all. And until next time, up the toffees.